Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. We're in Matthew chapter 9. We've been... We've been going through the gospel, and we've been looking at the compassion of Jesus. And, and one thing, you, you, if you read Matthew's gospel and you read how Jesus interacts with the people, I am always amazed at how loving he is with just average people. Have you noticed that? I mean, think about it for a moment. When you think about Jesus' interaction with people, the only people he gets ticked off with, just to be flat out honest with you, the only people that he gets ticked off with and rebukes and is angry with are religious people. Have you noticed that? But when it comes to average people who are desperate for God to do something, he is the most loving person I've ever seen. Have you ever met? I've, you and I don't know anybody else like this. Do you know, do you know what I mean? He, he is willing. In fact, we're going to see it today. He's, he's asked to go and raise a young girl who just died from the dead. And he's got a moment to stop for a lady who's got a problem. That, that to me is amazing. That just reflects his character. Now what you're going to see here, because it's interesting, because Matthew, isn't he's sharing the stories that Mark and Luke are sharing as well, but he has a twist to the story. He wants us to focus on something. And what he wants us to focus on is not just the compassion of Jesus. He wants us to focus on the faith of the people who are asking Jesus to do something. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about what really Matthew is emphasizing in his passage here. He's going to talk about faith. Now here's the problem. The problem is, is that you and I, when we talk about faith, we're confused. We're confused. Well, I don't think I'm confused, George. Yeah, you might be shocked. You might realize that you are confused. Because here's the things that we do. We say crazy stuff like, well, I know Jesus could do it, but I just don't have enough faith. Or I asked him to do it, so I must not have had enough faith because it didn't happen. You ever had anybody ever say that kind of, I don't have enough faith, so therefore Jesus couldn't do it? And there's actually denominations that actually teach that. That, uh, you know, if you, if you had the faith, God would make you healthy and wealthy. Well, I'm looking around the room here and even looking at myself, and I'm realizing we must not have enough faith, do we, huh? Do you know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of confusion out there. So here, here's a couple of things I want to point out. We struggle with understanding what faith really is. Just to be flat out honest with you. We struggle with understanding what faith really is. Here, let me just stop for a moment. You ever had anybody say this to you? When you're going through a problem, you're going through a difficulty. You ever had anybody say, well, you just need to have faith. Ever anybody say that to you? You just need to have faith. Have faith. Okay, that sounds good, but what does that mean? Do you know what I mean? I mean, that really sounds good. That sounds spiritual. We want to be spiritual, right? No, we don't. We want to be real. We don't want to be spiritual. So when somebody says to you, have faith, what does that mean? Well, they're, they're meaning it in a good way, but you're sitting there, you're wrestling with that because... You've had all these mixed messages coming to you because here you are, I'm going to have faith. 
And then the thing doesn't turn out the way you want it to do. And somebody says, well, we must not have faith. Well, what is it then? I mean, you could find yourself, and I've been there, you could find yourself in this elusive search for what is the perfect faith that unlocks the key to God doing everything I want him to do. You know what I'm saying? Because I haven't found it yet. Have you found it? Do you know what I'm saying? That's the confusion that's out there. Was we, we struggle with understanding what faith really is. And here's the other one. We confuse simple belief with faith. We've just got to believe. Just got to believe. I'm going to tell you right now, folks, simple belief is not faith. Simple belief is not faith. You want to write that down? You maybe disagree with me? That's fine. But simple belief is not faith. You know what I'm saying? Because I've told you before, you can go to the doctor's office, and i got an appointment coming up here in May, a checkup for something, and, and I'll walk into his into the waiting room there. They'll come and take my blood pressure, and they'll feel my forehead to see if I'm... And they'll ask me if I feel safe. That's the question they ask you these days. You ever notice that? Do you feel safe? Whatever. So, and I'll look around the room, and I'll look, and there'll be the diplomas on the wall. And I'll know that the guy who's getting ready to walk in, that I only see two or three times a year, is a doctor. And I'll believe he's a doctor. Now, he'll tell me some things. George, you need to do this. And George, you got to stop doing this. And George, we need to change this. You know, now the question is, do I believe him? I believe he's a doctor, but do I have faith in him? See, that's a different thing, isn't it? The faith to believe that what he's saying is what I need to do. See, we confuse simple belief with faith. Now, what we want to do today is, is we want to take this passage and this familiar incident from Jesus' life. The synagogue ruler's name is Jairus, although uh, Matthew doesn't bring that out. And from this incident, these two dual incidents that are interconnected, we're going to learn a little bit about what faith is today. And hopefully it'll open your eyes to something. And hopefully it'll help you to realize what you and I need to live like. So look with me. We're going to look at verses 18 through 26. So notice with me what it says here. While he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, My daughter just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. Suddenly a woman, who had a flow of blood for twelve years, came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing, he said to them, Make room, for the girl is not dead but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when the crowd was put outside, he went and took her by the hand, and the girl arose. And the report of this went out into all that land. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take these verses and we're going to talk about faith exposed. We're going to talk about the reality of faith. Because I'm going to be honest with you. Let me just stop for a moment. We've got two different people here. We've got the synagogue ruler and we've got this lady with a problem. 
Now, let me just stop for a moment. What we're going to see is they are just like you and I. They are just like you and I because they face difficulties and problems that everybody faces. The one guy faces his daughter dying. Death. We all face death, don't we? All right? And the other one has a medical problem that for 12 years she struggled with. 12 years! And she's believing something about Jesus. We're going to see what faith is for you and I, because they're just average people like you and I. We're going to see faith exposed. So let's take it one by point by point. I've got six points I, w- I want to show you here. First of all, I want you to notice verse 18. Verse 18 says this. Now, while they had spoken these things, this is referring to what was just said earlier in the chapter. A ruler, a ruler of the synagogue. What's a ruler of the synagogue? Well, they had a synagogue, and a ruler was the kind of like the guy who would guide how the service would go. He would pick the speakers. He was kind of a leader in their synagogue. It would be kind of like a leader in our church, okay? It was a prominent position in the community, so this is a prominent guy. He comes to Jesus, and look at what he says. He worships him, and he says, My daughter has just died. Now listen to the rest of what he says because I think it's amazing. But come and lay your hand on her and she will live. What's that, folks? Faith. Now here's what I want you to see. Here's the point I want you to understand. Faith is convinced that Jesus is able to do anything. It's being convinced that Jesus is able to do anything. In fact, if you go a little bit further, look at verse 21. Here's the woman now. If I only may touch his garment, I shall be made well. What's that? Faith. Faith about who? Jesus. Do you understand? It is it is being convinced that no matter what I'm going through, no matter what circumstance I have, it's being convinced that Jesus Christ is able to do whatever he wants to do concerning my problem. Do you understand? See, this is where we struggle. Because sometimes we believe that. And then it doesn't happen the way we think it should happen. And so then we begin to question him and say, well, maybe he couldn't do it. Maybe God couldn't answer that prayer. Maybe God couldn't deal with that problem. Do you understand what I'm saying? We wrestle. We wrestle. And and, and we we, we don't believe. We don't have faith then because we, we maybe this is too big for God. Too big for God. You know, we start wrestling with these philosophical questions You know, like, can God create a rock that's too big for him to lift up? Really? Why would he do that anyhow? That's silliness. But we wrestle like that. We wrestle. Faith is being convinced that God is able, that Jesus is able to do anything. Anything. Here's the second thing I want you to see. Faith is not hindered by circumstances. It always amazes me when I look at this story. Here's a guy, he's prominent in the community. And 
I'm sure when he heard that Jesus was coming to town, that his daughter probably was sick, he's probably, yeah, I just need to get Jesus to the house. He'll take care of her. I just need to get Jesus to the house. He'll take care of her. The other Gospels tell us that that's what he was doing originally when he was going to Jesus was to bring Jesus to take care of his daughter. And while they were making the journey back to the house, word comes that his daughter is what? Dead. But I want you to see something about faith. Faith is not hindered by circumstances. What are circumstances? Circumstances are what it appears to us to be. Circumstances are what it seems to be in actuality. And, and the circumstances here is, is we got a dead girl. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. If, if I'm there, yeah, Jesus can heal. I've seen that. But, like, when you're dead, you're dead. There's no way for that to change, right? Because you're dead now. As long as you're living, there's hope. And what happens is, is that this guy has faith enough in the Jesus that the reality of death is not an issue now. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because look, he says, my daughter just died. You come, you put your hand on her, and she'll be what? She'll be okay. That's faith. Faith is not hindered by circumstances. Do you understand what I'm saying? Faith is not hindered by how gloomy the world is, how difficult everything is, how it looks like everything's upside down. I believe you, Jesus, that you can take care of this. That's faith. That's faith. Here's the third thing I want you to see. Look with me. verse 20, because now we're introduced to the lady. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. You know, it's interesting. The other Gospels give us a little bit more details. Here's a woman who had some sort of uterine disorder. Okay? So she's got a female problem that is... There's, there's actually a medical term for what's going on here. So she has a continual, she's continually bleeding. The text tells us, all of the Gospels tell us, that she's been struggling with this, with this for 12 years. Some of the other Gospel writers say that she has gone and spent lots of money at doctors. Doctors. And in fact, one of the Gospel writers says that she had suffered at the hand of doctors to take care of this problem. We know now in modern medicine that this can be taken care of through a surgery. But that wasn't available back then. So for 12 years, she's suffering. Now, she didn't just suffer from a medical problem. I'm going to tell you, folks, she, she suffered. This problem created suffering for her, not just physically, but also socially. Because this is a Jewish culture. She would be, con to be considered to be in a perpetual state of uncleanliness. Do you understand what I'm saying? When a woman went through her normal cycle during that time, she was considered ceremonially unclean. So therefore, she could not, listen to me, participate in the religious life of the community. She could not interact with other people because anybody who would come in contact with her would be considered ceremonially unclean. 
So her suffering, listen to me, her suffering was not just a physical problem. Her suffering was also a social problem. And she has tried everything, the Gospels tell us. She has tried everything to change what's going on here. But here's the point I want you to see, because this is faith. This is faith. Faith looks beyond hopeless situations to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Faith looks beyond hopeless situations to God. Let me just stop for a moment. You're, you're struggling with this issue. You've got a health problem you've been wrestling with for 12 years. You've paid all kinds of doctors. Nobody can help you. You're isolated from the community. There's no hope for you getting over your medical problem. You think you're hopeless? Better believe it, you are. Better believe it. And, and it's not like you can't ignore it. You're being constantly reminded about it. Oh, there she is. Keep away. This woman has faith. That even though I'm in the midst of a hopeless situation, this Jesus can help me. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he can help me. See, that's faith. That's being convinced about the reality of who God is and that God can help you. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's the, that's the next thing I want you to see about faith there. Faith looks beyond our hopeless situations to God. Here's the next one, and I think this is interesting. Because our confusion about faith, we sometimes have this thinking about faith. What we're going to see is, is that what we often think about faith is not true. What are you talking about, George? Well, look with me. Look at what it's, verse 21. First of all, verse 20, it says that she came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. You can understand why she came from behind, right? Because she's considered unclean. So if she's coming to talk to him, she's probably thinking, well, he may not want to touch me because I'd make him, I would make him unclean. So I, if I could just touch him from behind, what's going on there? Well, you could see that something is dominating her thinking, and rightfully so. Fear. Fear of being rejected, fear of being ostracized. Now, here's the point I want you to see. This is the thing about faith, and this is going to set some of you free here today. Did you hear what I just said? This is the thing about faith, and this is what's going to set some of you here free. Here's what I want you to see. It's possible to have faith and be marked by fear. It's possible to have faith and be marked by fear. I was blown away when I saw this the other day because so much of my life I've been, I've been heard, I've heard, I've heard preaching. I maybe have even communicated that fear is, faith is the absence of fear. Have you ever had that kind of thought? That if you have faith in God, you won't have fear. You ever heard that? Ever had that assumption? That if I have faith in God, that means I don't have any fear. But have you noticed that that's not realistic? Because you could still have faith in God and still be scared witless about what you're going through, right? Worried about what happens. I know God can take care of this, but man, I am freaked out about what might happen, right? Then I look at this passage and I see this woman 
She believes that Jesus can heal her, but what does she do? She still comes up from behind and touches him. Why does she do that? Fear. Fear. See, that's going to set some of you free. Because you want to believe that God can help you out of your problem, but you're still scared. Right? You're still scared. You're still afraid of what might happen if he doesn't show up. Do you know what I'm saying? You're still afraid that something else may happen that you weren't expecting. Because we like to have everything planned out. Even like to tell God how to do it, right? And you can have faith here and you can, you can trust him to do it. But the problem is, is that you're still afraid. Now here's the problem. Sometimes in our church culture, we can have this communication that, well, then you obviously don't have enough faith because you still got fear. No. No, I believe, but I'm scared. It's only natural to be scared, right? So can I, can I free some of you here? Listen to me. You're not less than as a Christian because you're afraid. You hear me? Can I say that again? You're not less than as a Christian because you're afraid. Fear is natural. Fear it happens because we feel we're not in control. So this woman is afraid. So she's afraid. Of, she still believes, but she's afraid. So that's why she comes from behind. Do you understand? That's what I want you to see about faith. I'm convinced he's able to do it, but I'm freaked out by what's going on around me. That's natural. That's natural. Here's the next thing I want you to see. Here's the next thing. Verse 21, for she said to herself, if, if I only may touch his garment, I shall be made well. Faith is conviction that results in action. Faith is conviction that results in action. See, faith is not simple belief. Because I can believe something and not act on it. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? But faith, faith is a conviction that, yes, this is going to happen. God can do this. And that then drives me to action. Do you understand what I'm saying? That drives because I'm acting out of my faith. She's doing that. I know that he can heal me if I could just touch him. So what does she do? She touches him. Yeah, she's afraid. But she touches him. She touches him. She, she's acting on her faith. See, a lot of us won't act on our faith. We're convinced ourselves we don't have enough faith. You know, it's interesting to me. If you look at some of the things that Jesus says, he kind of tells you where you're at without realizing what he's telling you. So, for instance, he'll say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed. Anybody know what a mustard seed is? A mustard seed is not like a kernel of corn. A mustard seed is, is pretty small. It's one of the smallest seeds that exist. And he says, if you have faith like that, you'll be able to say to that mountain, uproot yourself and it'll be cast into the sea. You'll be able to say to that tree, he says in one gospel, uproot yourself and cast itself in the sea. What is he saying there? Well, it's interesting. In our English, we're saying that it's almost like he's saying, if you have it, you'll be able to do this. Well, actually, no. It's, it's called an implied reality. And in the original languages, there are several different types of implied realities. 
And what he's, what this statement is, based upon how the Greek is, he's stating a reality and he's saying what can happen because of that reality. What's the reality? You have faith as a mustard seed. That's what he's saying. You have the faith. So hear me. Some of you don't think you got faith. You have the faith. You got to act on it. That's the point. This woman had faith. She acted on it. What do you need to act on? Do you understand what I'm saying? What do you need to act on? Faith is a conviction that results in action. Here's the final thing I want you to see about faith. Verse 22, he tells her, turns around, Jesus tells her, be of good cheer, daughter. Look at what he says there. Your faith has made you well. Stop for a moment. Who healed her? Who healed her, folks? Read the text. Who healed her? Jesus. Why is he saying that? Here's the point I want you to see. Faith opens the door for God's work in our lives. Faith opens the door for God's work in our lives. Here, I want you to think about this. And then just a little bit further there in the story, okay, we come to the girl who's died now. Jesus enters into the house. There's already, because it's a Jewish cult custom, they would already have wailers there. In their, in their culture, the more people who cried out for you when you died suggested how prominent you were. So again, he's a ruler in the synagogue there. So the flute players are already there. Think about it. They're just piping away their funeral dirge. And the people are, are there, and some of them are professionals. They're like, oh, they're dry on a crop. crop. Oh, Jesus, Jesus comes in and says, oh, hold on, hold on. Y'all be quiet. She's just asleep. And notice what it says. They ridiculed her. Now, just stop for a moment. If you're the dad, there's a decision time here. The decision time is, okay, am I asking him to do something that's for real? Or am I overlooking the reality? She's gone. That's why all the people are here crying and wailing and the flutes are going. What do I do? I think it's amazing that the dad still brings Jesus into the daughter. Why? Because he has faith. He's got faith that this Jesus can heal, <clears throat> heal his daughter. Why? Because faith opens the door for God's work in your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? You've got the faith. You have the faith. Now let him do the work. Now let me just stop for a moment. You say, well, you know, I've been there, George. I've been there and I asked him to do this and he didn't do it. Now listen, you have to understand. Faith is having faith in God to do what he needs to do. Not necessarily what you want him to do. Do you understand? Because sometimes what he wants for you may not be what you want. But I've got faith in him. I'm going to trust him to do what's right for my life. 
Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.